The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. All right, all right. Wednesday evening, 7.07. We are set to go. We hope you are as well. A live call-in show. Your contribution always is magnificent. 416-870-6400 is the way you call through to ask your employment law questions. Maybe it's still about COVID. Maybe you've been laid off. Maybe it's a plain old-fashioned severance question. doesn't matter. We cover all kinds. We answer all kinds. So don't be bashful. Bring it on. Email works as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and I'll give you uh, I'll give you a couple different websites. First, employmentlawyer.ca, take the help at off the top, and that will lead you to a website where you can catch episodes of our long-running TV show as well. Pretty cool, 30-minute uh, version basically of what we do here several times a week on uh, Global News Radio, and as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, that is a website designed for you, absolutely free, full of employment law info and anonymous as well so make sure you check that out even before you call your member of his team and then you'll be uh, you'll be armed with more knowledge going into the phone call which is 1-855-821-5900 we'll give that out throughout the show but we're going to get to this you can't always be legally fired even if severance is paid how about that An employee can be let go for these uh, these reasons which we'll uh, nail down on in just a little bit but the week that was pal what do you got going on Hey, John. Always great to be here. Great to be back. Great to talk about employment law. And I am looking forward to answering as many questions as possible. So, so John here has a bunch of questions for me already. But you know what? I'd rather answer your questions live right here on air. So take advantage of the fact that we want to do that. Give us a call. Let's talk about what your workplace situation is. Maybe you're not having the best uh, start to this week. Maybe your boss gave you some sort of an ultimatum. Sign this or you quit. By the way, they can't do that. If that's happened to you, if anything's happened to you, if you lost your job or are worried about losing your job, you want to know if you can lose your job, what you're owed. Now is the time. Now is the place. Give us a call and let's talk about workplace rights. You're not going to be able to get answers to your problems if you don't pick up the phone and make that call. So let's have that discussion right now. Uh, of course, you, there's there's a second option. As I've said, as John said, you can always reach out to me in the office as well. We'll give you that contact information if you want uh, throughout the show so that we can have a private uh, discussion. But week that was, I always like to start off with a couple situations that came across my desk. First one, I, uh, I, contact, I was contacted earlier today by a lady who had initially been laid off uh, because of COVID-19, of course, back in March, like so many people. She stayed on layoff and she was recalled back to work in September. But instead of working 60 hours every two weeks, she was only now working 40 hours every two weeks. So a significant reduction in hours and, and pay. She thought that, well, because of COVID, there's really not much I could do about it. You know, her employer said, we have to do this because of COVID. So fast forward to now, a few months later, she's still only working uh, 40 hours every two weeks instead of 60. And she called me and she wanted to know, Lior, what can I do? I mean, I thought this was going to be temporary. I thought that uh, I'll be back to normal. I'm not back to normal. What do I do here? So, John, this unfortunately was one of those situations where I had to give her bad news. So first of all, back in March, when her employer laid her off, 
they actually didn't have a right to do that. Back mm-hmm. in March, she could have treated that layoff as a termination and required her employer to pay her her full severance. She'd been there for many years. She could have gotten quite a bit of severance. She didn't do that. Okay, she accepted that layoff and stayed home. In September, when they called her back to work and reduced her hours and pay, that wasn't legal either. They, they did not have a right to do that. She could have looked at that as a constructive dismissal and got her severance. She didn't do that. Fast forward till now. Now, unfortunately, she is considered to have accepted that pay reduction, that reduction in hours. So now she is stuck, unfortunately. Now she cannot do anything about it. Despite the fact that her employer did at least two illegal things, she accepted it. And accepting it, continuing to work, that is acceptance, means that now it's as if you've given your employer a, a free pass on that. She can't do anything about it. So I had to give her the bad news that, unfortunately, if your employer never brings you back up to your old salary, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm bringing this up as a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. Please be careful. If your boss changes terms of employment, even if it's because of COVID-19, you have a small window to do something about it. Your employer does not have a right to do that. So if your employer makes changes to your compensation, to your hours of work, to your work days, even to your responsibilities. Let's talk about that. Don't wait. Let's have a chat. Let's talk about what your options are. If you do what this lady unfortunately did, you're going to end up accepting it and be stuck. So please remember. And of course, also, as I said, no, your employer does not have a right to lay you off, even if it's because of COVID-19. You can reach out to Lior, by the way, uh, outside of the uh, the hour of the show, no problem, one 821 5900 Write that down. Keep it with you. And uh, give it to somebody who might uh, might want to talk to Lior or a member of his team. But here now, as mentioned, uh, phone lines are live. We're open. This is a live show, a call-in show, 416-870-6400. And uh, keep it going, pal. What else you got going on? I got a call from a gentleman. He's been off on a disability leave for a number of months now. Not COVID-related, just some other medical issues he's been dealing with. And he just found out that he's been replaced, that his employer hired someone to take over his position. So he called me and he wanted to know, well, wait a second, can they do that? And does that mean now I'm, I'm fired? Does that mean I've lost my job? I haven't heard anything from my employer, but they've hired someone. So this is actually a question that comes up very often. So I thought I'd, I'd discuss this a bit here. So when you're off on a disability leave, you really have one job. And that job is to do what you have to to get healthy, to get better, to get back to a position where you can go back to work. Do not worry about your employer while you're doing that. Your employer's obligations only turn on once you're ready to come back to work. Once you're ready to go back to work, you tell your employer that, then they have to make all reasonable efforts to take you back. If at all possible, they have to take you back to your old job. If they cannot take you back, if that job doesn't exist anymore, if there's already someone in that position and there's no nothing else for you to do, then and only then they can let you go with severance. An employer is allowed to hire someone while you're off because the job has to be done, But that doesn't mean you've lost your job. That doesn't mean that you're not working there anymore. That determination is being made only when you're ready to come back to work. Now, if your employer, when you come back from disability, doesn't want to take you back, doesn't try, uh, or or is simply not being cooperative, that's illegal. That's potentially a human rights violation and a wrongful dismissal. But beyond that, that determination is made when you're ready to come back to work. So do not worry about that at all. 
If you're off on a disability leave, stay in touch with your employer. Make sure that they know you're working on getting better. You're working on coming back at some point. What they do is fine. Don't worry about it. Not until you're ready to come back to work. When you're ready to come back, if the company doesn't do what it's supposed to, call me. I will help you. I will deal with it. But for now, don't stress out about it. Make sure you get healthy. What if it's a case where, you know, you're, you've given them a timeline, look, guys, I'm coming back in three months from now, and they, and they kind of, you know, a week later they say, hey, you know what, in two and a half months, uh, we're not going to have that job for you anymore. Can they crystal ball that, or that's illegal as well? well yeah, it's going to be tough to crystal ball unless they know for a fact that they can't. Maybe the department is gone. Yeah, right. th- th- that's not something they should do. They should not crystal ball it. The employer should also make that determination when you're ready to come back to work. Because it is possible that today you're, th- there's no job for you. But three months from now, when you're ready to come back to work, they may be desperate to have someone in your role. So that's why it's not a good idea. In fact, by, by trying to be too proactive, the employer could potentially be violating human rights laws, etc. So no, not a good idea for the employer to say, we already know that Months from now, when you come back to work, we don't have a job. They should not do that. 7.15, still nice and early. Lots of time for you to grab a phone. 416-870-6400 is the way you want to do do that. You can reach out, help at employmentlawyer.ca. So you can't always be legally fired, even if severance is paid. Let's get through. That's an interesting topic. I think most people would think that that doesn't doesn't even ring true, right? Well, you know, one of the main themes of this show, and I've said this hundreds of times, is that generally, the general rule is your employer can let you go pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid. And sometimes people have a hard time accepting that, that they should be allowed to be let go if the employer pays severance. That's simply Mm -hmm. the way the law works. But there are situations, which we're going to talk about, that even if severance is paid, it's still not legal. Your employer may have other obligations or may simply be prohibited from letting you go. So we're going to talk about situations where severance or not, you simply cannot be let go. Let's get one in here before we uh, we take a break. An employee cannot be let go when the employee suffers or may be suffering from a disability. There you go. Exactly. You can yeah. never be let go because you have a disability. Never. You cannot, you know let go because you, you have a medical condition, a serious one. That's a human rights violation. It's one thing to be let go uh, because there's simply no job available, but not because, well, we think you're unreliable because you have a disability or you have a disability and we don't want to accommodate you, so we're letting you go. That is illegal regardless of how much severance we're talking about, regardless of how much severance the company's offering. They cannot do that. And believe it or not, if you've been discriminated against in that way, potentially you can actually get reinstated back to work. So you can never, ever be let go because of your disability. If your employer ever tries to do that, you have to reach out to me right away. Take a short break. We get those calls lined up. So uh, so bring them on. We'll get you on the air, get you some answers. 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And, of course, the website always there for you, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Wednesday night edition Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. All right, let's get it happening. Lots of time. It's 721. He's right. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in. Would love to uh, to talk to you and discuss uh, your situation. Lloyd, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I, I try to listen as much as I can. I'm actually I'm just on my break at work right now. Um, hmm. Lior talking about uh, constructive dismissals and how how they can vary. Now, what what if you work for a company and they are relocating to a different city? So that is absolutely also a constructive dismissal, so long as that impacts you in a, in a significant way. So, for example, if they relocate, but that actually turns out that your commute doesn't really change, then it's not a constructive. But if it's going to impact you to the tune of an extra hour or so more, then, yeah, that that's when we're in constructive dismissal territory. So how will this impact you? Uh, well, it's not, an, uh, it's not a, an extra hour drive, but it's... Uh probably close to a half an hour so half hour kind of each way so to speak kind of you know half hour in the morning half hour in the afternoon yeah that's right uh, so how long does it take you to get to work right now uh right now probably 20 25 minutes yeah so we're still talking about a, a significant change how many you know ballpark how many kilometers would you say the new company is uh, is moving uh, from their current location? Exactly, yes. Uh, I'm going to say, I, I don't know for sure, 30 or 40 maybe? Yeah, it is a significant change. So, you know, this is one of those kind of borderline matters that it may uh, it may or may not be. So what I, I would propose, if you're adamant that you, you don't want to continue working there, you know, then we may as well pursue it as a constructive dismissal. If you're not really kind of, you know, you're okay continuing, probably wouldn't recommend it. Uh, you know, if we were talking an hour, then yeah, easy, constructive dismissal, 100%. Because it's less than that, it's one of those things that's kind of a, a borderline. Because right. it's a significant change. It's a question of, you know, how much does it impact you? Uh, and I, I wouldn't recommend leaving just because of that. But if you've decided you're not going back anyway or you're not continuing, then at that point, we may as well pursue it. Right. Okay. Okay, right. Lloyd. That's it. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, appreciate it, Lloyd. I'll let you uh, th- stew on that for a little while. Chew it up. See who you come out with. You want to uh, reach out to Leor afterwards? I'm sure you will to discuss a little more. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here and now, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Mike, you are up next. Good evening. Oh, hi. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Go ahead. A uh, quick question. Uh, if you have a company that has uh, sort of favoritism and maybe you classify it as somewhat toxic environment, uh, well, how does that perhaps raise with respect to constructive dismissal? So we all have a right, uh, Mike, to work in a healthy, supportive work environment. So if we do end up working in an environment that's toxic, an environment where we're dealing with harassment or bullying or you know not being treated the way we should be, as long as we can establish and show that that's what's happening, that could absolutely be a constructive dismissal. In other words, if you can show that here's why you know this is a toxic work environment, that may allow you to leave and still get your full severance. The key here, Mike, would be to to show what why you're being mistreated or how. The company is not going to admit it, right? The company is not going to say yes, we're sorry, we mistreated Mike. 
we're going to have to prove it. So do you have a way to kind of prove and show that toxic work environment? I just have a question about that. If a company, let's say they just favored certain employees over others, is that would that rise to a level if they give them certain things that others do not get, or is that up to them to do whatever they choose? Well, you know, it's one of those things. If if you're uh, if you're treated differently than others, if it if it comes to if it makes the work environment very difficult and and uncomfortable, it could rise to the level of a poison work environment. Absolutely, it can. Uh, but again, you'd have to show what they've done, and you'd have to show how this has impacted you. Uh, so yeah, the devil's in the details. If you're you ha- are facing that situation, if you feel you're being mistreated or unfairly treated then you and I should connect off air and have a more in-depth discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. And I'll give you some contact information. As you know, you've been listening, obviously, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca, 416-870-6400. Keeping it going. Keep bringing on the calls. Gene, you are up next. Hello. Hello there. Yeah, when when you're on SERP and then they call you back and after a while they let you go, when you were on SERP during that period, do you earn severance? Great question. So you, you're on SERP, they call you back, and then they let you go? Yeah. Absolutely, you're, you're, you're owed severance. 100% you're owed severance. If you, the company I mean lets you go. during the period when you're on SERP. If, yes, even if they let you go while you're on SERP. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I see. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right. That's how we like them, quick and done. That's a good question, though, because it's it's the same type of thing when you're off on, on a leave. I mean, does your seniority, as far as severance is concerned, does that accrue while you're off? That's always yes. a question you get. It could be up to two years for some people or more, right? Absolutely. So the time that you've spent on CERB, on a layoff, on a disability leave, uh, all that counts towards your seniority. And, of course, seniority or length of employment is probably the main factor that goes into deciding how much severance you're owed. So more seniority equals usually more severance. So definitely, you do not leave uh, lose seniority or your employment is not frozen, your seniority is not frozen just because you're on a leave or getting CERB or any of those benefits. That's why people listen to the show. They learn stuff every minute. 416-870-6400. Neil, thank you for, for coming on air. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. How are you doing? Beauty, what's uh, what's on your mind? So, yeah, I have a scenario here where I was let go from a job. Uh, I was told that they were going in a di- different direction and that the job was no longer going to be available. So I just had a lot of questions because there was nothing for me to sign to. And it was just kind of just out of left in terms of how they handled it. Um, I contacted the Ministry of Labor and they Pretty much they said they could not adjudicate because their revenue didn't uh, reach the requirement for them to adjudicate. So I had a settlement conference, and from that settlement conference, I was advised by the the acting judge at the time to actually get some legal advice because something was a little bit off. And then a few months later, my co-workers, uh, ex-colleague, told me that I uh, he was doing my job now. So, Neil, you mentioned settlement conference and a judge. Did you take legal action? Did you sue them in small claims? I did do small claims, yes. And what happened with the case? Is it still going on? Uh, this case is still pending because of the pandemic. All right. So let's break this down. How long did you work there for? Uh, six years. Got it. And what kind of a job, Neil, and how old are you? 
technology. Yeah, and how old? Oh, 45. 45, and what was your salary approximately? Uh, it was probably about 50-something at the time. Okay. So you're owed right around six to eight months of severance, okay? Probably closer to, to, to eight months. So if your salary was, I don't know, 55000 eight months, I don't know, would probably be 30000 or 35000 or something in, in that range. You're wasting your time in small claims, especially these days. Small, for all intents and purposes, small claims are closed. So we, we're, we avoid them. We have other ways to get this resolved. Ministry of Labor cannot help you because Ministry of Labor can only enforce your minimum entitlements, which are six weeks. Your full entitlements are eight months. So you could have resolved this case a long time ago, uh, but you, you need to reach out to me and let us do what we do. The issue here is not so much that your uh, job was replaced. They're allowed to do that. The issue here is that you did not receive the severance that you're owed, which again, for you is six to eight months. So we need to get this out of small claims. We need to get this resolved properly. So Neil, you have to reach out to me off the off air and, and let's connect and let me do what I do. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. Neil, here's how, uh, here's how you're going to reach out and uh, take the advice. Do so when you got a moment, one 821 5900 Again, that's to reach Lior. And his team outside of the hour of the show, one 821 5900 Neil, and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll keep going, 416-870-6400, the number to call in here now on the show. Jason, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. Um, my question is that I worked for a company for 15 years, um, and they laid me off uh, five years ago in 2015, and then I was hired back last year. Um, I was just wondering if I should have been able to retain my seniority. So it's a question, in that situation, seniority, uh, your seniority is not automatic, but if in fact they're not treating you when they hired you as a new employee, then they may be considered to have recognized your past service, so you may now be a 15 or a 16-year employee. So when you join them again, did they put you on, did you sign an agreement that put you on probation, for example? Yes, so they did have me on a three-month probation. Okay, so because of that, then they it, it, they did not recognize past service. So, in the eyes of the law, you would be considered right now a one-year employee uh, because of the fact that that they didn't recognize past service. You know, if they didn't put you on probation, if there was an implicit acknowledgement that you're not a new guy, you've worked here before, then the law would say, "Well, wait a second. Okay, if you're." acknowledge that he's been here before, that we're going to give him his full 15 years of service. Mm-hmm. But in your situation, it sounds like they treated you like a new employee, so really you, you, you then only have the one-year seniority right now. Okay. Is that something I could have and should have negotiated before? Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and oh. usually it's not difficult to negotiate, uh, and, and but, you know, obviously we can't go back in time, but yes, it is certainly good advice in situations for any employee when you've worked for the company and then you burn off and, and come back, you know, maybe that you get rehired to, mm-hmm. to either negotiate or at least make sure that there's nothing in it that in the agreement that makes it look like you're a brand new employee. That could mean a big difference because for you, if you had an extra 15 years down the road and from a severance standpoint, that could obviously be a very big thing, right? Okay, so that would have been my next question, is what would the benefit have been uh, uh, considering that I did receive a severance when they laid me off already? So I, I understood. Yeah.
But if they, in fact, recognize your service, then you'd get severance again based on that period of time. So oh, wow. that could have meant a lot more severance if, in fact, they either explicitly or even implicitly recognize your service. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, in your situation, it doesn't sound like that's the case, but it is important to, to turn our minds to those things if we are ever in that situation where we come back to our old employer, we get rehired back. Appreciate your time, Jason. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your evening. 416-870-6400. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful. What's your question? Um, I have a question about the salary cap and severance. Does an employer have to have so much in payroll, like $2.5 million before they pay the maximum severance? Or is it based on payroll for the whole company? It's based on neither. The size of the payroll is irrelevant. So the size of the payroll is relevant with respect to your minimum entitlements. We don't frankly care about those. Your full entitlements, we also call those your common law entitlements, have absolutely nothing to do with the company's payroll. Even if they have one employee and you're that employee, you still get severance, which, by the way, Tracy, could be as much as two years' pay. So the size of the payroll does not matter. The factors are your age, your position, and the length of your employment, not what the company's payroll are, payroll is. I'm sorry. So uh, because of that, no. If you lost your job, they have to pay you severance, whether you work for a month or six months or 25 years. Big company, small company, they have to pay you severance. And so what does the payroll cap have to do with any of that? You said something about a minimum. So your minimum entitlements are, are dependent on the company's payroll, but you can literally forget about that because it's irrelevant uh, because every employee has greater entitlements than the minimum under the common law. So it's, it's very misleading and, and, and can be very confusing for someone to read online, oh, uh, you know, the size of the payroll, $2.5 million. That only applies with respect to your minimum entitlements, so really not something you need, even need to, to, to worry or think about. Your full entitlements are not dependent and have nothing to do with the size of the company's payroll. And then to get the full entitlement is when you have to usually hire somebody to speak on your behalf. Well, right? not really. I mean, you only do that if the company has not offered you what you're supposed to, uh, what they're supposed to. The reality is they, the company knows what I just told you. So they know, for example, if you've worked there for, I don't know, 13 years and you know, you're, you're 50 years old as an example, they know they owe you easily 12 months pay. You only need to get someone like me involved if they offer you less than that. Uh, but the reality is it's not difficult to resolve, even if you have to do that. Uh, so it, the law is the law, right? I don't decide what the law is. The, the company doesn't get decide what the law is. So if you're owed six months or 12 months or 24 months, the company's going to have to pay it. There's no choice here. So where do, okay, so where do I find that information? Because if they're going by the minimum requirement, where do I well, find, show them that? No, you owe more than that. There's well, two ways, Tracy. We can do an exercise here, or you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We should do it now, Ailey, or just to yeah. give a feel of, of what's So, Tracy, going how on. long have you, have you worked for the company? Ten years. Ten years? And what kind of a job, Tracy, and how old are you? Office, and I'm 60. Okay, so you probably be owed as much as 12 months pay. Uh, and, and, you know, the company, the reality is the best way for them to know that, honestly, is to get legal advice. Because one call or email to a lawyer, they're going to be told exactly what I just told you. This is not, uh, it's not wishful thinking. It's not maybe, it's not a nice thing. It's the law. 
So that's the best way for them to know that. Okay, so if they're just going by what the labor board is telling them, then they shouldn't be doing just that. That's a wrongful dismissal. Absolutely. That, essentially, they're, they're, they're committing a wrongful dismissal. If they don't pay you what, the, what I just told you you're owed, you, you, you call me. One letter from me should get this resolved right away. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate your time. I'm going to give you that number just in case. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Tracy and help at employmentlawyer.ca. And again, you want to run through that metric? You can do so uh, wrapped up into pocket employmentlawyer.ca, which I just mentioned is the severance pay calculator, and you can use that anytime you want. Tracy it takes about thirty seconds. Completely anonymous. You know, it's it's interesting too because she asked about fifteen questions in a row, and every one of them common question and about a million people were wondering the same thing and we just we just grocery listed them and that's that's the reason why you do the show week in week out because everybody has those same questions they just have them and they don't know right but you know what's really frustrating is that our own government in this case provincial government is Mm -hmm. the one providing you incorrect information and again this is not a a conservative or liberal thing okay it's been the case for years through various governments liberal conservative and others okay so this is not about you know this particular government but the reality is that the government the ministry of labor gives you incorrect information you can go on the ministry of labor's website right now there's a section there about termination and severance and you're going to see you get severance only if the company has payroll or more than two and a half million dollars and only if you worked more than five years, except that is wrong. Not only is that wrong, it's completely ridiculous because that only applies to your minimum entitlements. Everyone has greater entitlements than that under our common law. And if you just read that, you would be under the misapprehension that you don't get severance perhaps. When in fact, you could be owed two years pay. This happens every day. One of the most frustrating things for me as a lawyer and the reason the original reason why why you and i started doing this show all these years ago because i had to have a voice where i can actually tell people what the law is when it comes to these things so please please you have to do the right thing go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca don't believe what i just said that's okay speak with another employment lawyer and then speak with another and speak with another you'll be told exactly what i just told you Okay, it's the law. Company has to follow it, and yes, you do get severance. Yeah, it's 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 not even the fact that it's wrong information. Like you said, it's grossly, it's massively wrong. Imagine if they were giving out the same information on heart attack and cancer. I mean, yeah, like oh, way off God. the mark. People are dropping like flies. I mean, it's you know they really got to shape up. You've been calling them for do that for. Uh, for years, though, and so far, nothing's really, really budged. I want to get to a couple emails that have come in. You still got, to, you still got a few minutes here, by the way. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred would be the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Stan goes, "Hey, Lior, I have not received a pay increase in more than five years. Does my employer have to give me an increase?" So that's another question that I get fairly often, and. Yeah. Certainly, the employer should, right? I mean, you would expect that after five years at a minimum, he'd get a at a minimum a cost of living increase. Right. But there's no legal obligation on an employer to give a pay increase unless it's part of an employment agreement. If you signed an employment agreement that says you'll get a pay increase on these dates, then the company has to follow that. But unless you sign something, and that, that is fairly rare to have signed something like that, then the company does not have the legal obligation to give a pay increase even if uh, they haven't given one in a while. For business reasons and fairness reasons, they absolutely should, but they don't have to. 
So what I would say to Stan, have a chat with your employer, you know, a nice, friendly, uh, non-threatening chat and say, you know, I, I am a bit frustrated in that essentially I'm making less money now because life is getting more expensive, but I'm still making the same amount of money. You know, can we talk about a bit of a pay increase so, uh, so, that, uh, I, so that I'm treated fairly? I think a lot of employers are going to be open to that. Ultimately, though, unfortunately, you cannot make a company give you a pay increase. Debbie says, Lior always talks about negotiating severance, but my employer told me that they've made me a good severance offer and they won't increase it. Should I bother having my severance offer reviewed? Well, the, the employer does not get to decide if it's a good offer <laughs> or not. The law makes that determination. If, in fact, the law determines that it's a good offer, then, yeah, they're right. There's nothing else to do because it's a good offer. But if the law determines that it's not a good offer, they're going to have to pay. It's not up to them. And it's not even going to be easy to get, it's not going to be difficult, I should say, to get them to pay. So it starts with going to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, to find out the truth, to find out if the offer is good. It doesn't matter what the company says or thinks, it matters what the law says you are owed. Get to a call from uh, Cherica. Hi, Cherica. How are you? Good evening. Hello? Hi. We got her? No? Let's see if we put her on hold, see if they can, uh, they can capture. Get to, uh, to Alex. Hey, Alex, how are you? Hey, not bad. Quick question here. I was just curious on when severance has been basically determined, one way or another with an employer, do they spread the, can they spread that out over the period of time of, say, 18 months or a 12-month period or longer? So an employer, for example, if the employer owes you 12-month severance, let's say as an example, they could pay that over a 12-month period. If they owe you, you know, 18 months, they can pay that over an 18-month period. They can't pay you 18 months over 24 months. That said, usually that's something that's negotiable when we negotiate severance. We negotiate the terms, and obviously we try to get it as a lump sum paid right away because I don't want my clients to be tied to the company for 18 months, for example, because I don't know what the company is going to happen to it in 18 months. I want my clients to get paid now. So they're allowed to, but usually we negotiate something a lot better than that. Right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. I want to try to get uh, Terika. You're back. Hello. Have I got her name wrong? Is that, is that what you Terika? Yeah, Terika. Terika. Teresa. Teresa. Okay. Not Sorry, even close on my been... call screen. That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> Teresa, what's going fired. on? <laughs> what's happening? Just kidding. Okay. I recently um, was let go of my job. Uh, I've only been with the company, though, for three years, just over three years. And I was let go with the letter saying um, termination due to business restructuring. Yep. Um, I uh, did. They are giving me a bit better than the employment standards. How much have they offered you in terms of weeks or months? Eight weeks. So after three years, even without knowing much more about your role and compensation, etc., you could easily be owed anywhere from four to six months pay. So eight weeks is at best half and potentially just a third of what you're owed. So because we're running out of time, I, I have to leave it at that. But you're owed more. That's a fact. Give me a call off here. Let me help you get that. It's not going to be difficult. A letter should resolve it right away. So I look forward to chatting with you off air. 
Good stuff. We're done for another day. Appreciate everybody calling in. Great questions tonight. Keep it up next time we do the show. You want to reach out now? Sure. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Is a great website. Free information for you to use anytime. We're done till the weekend, but stick around. On Point is coming right back with Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.